Episode 115. Good Lord. How, why in the world have we done 115 of these things? Anyway, tonight's hosts are your, uh, Mr. Joel Lockup, L Luckup, <laughs> and myself, Bill Lack. Chad's on assignment, whatever that means. And, this, uh, th this podcast has 50% less twang. That's what it is. And we're, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, if this is kind of like when your parents, you know, the first time your parents left you at home alone. <laughs> so anyway, what's going on tonight, Joel? Oh, sad news around baseball today. I don't know if you heard, but Jose Fernandez is going to have elbow surgery, which is very disappointing in the baseball world. I guess it's good for opponents, but, you know, if you like good pitching, he's one of the best. Yeah, he's, a, he's an impressive kid, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. And he's one of those kids that's easy to root for because he's kind of, he's down to earth. He's not, I mean, he's, he's got a little swagger to him, but not the kind of swagger that you want to punch in the face, you know? Yeah, and, and, he's, and, it's a, and he's a heck of a story. Yes, absolutely. You know, the, the, the whole Cuban, you know, escape from Cuba thing, and, and pretty amazing. Yep. So let's talk about our red leggies. Yes. They're coming off a pretty good weekend, I thought. Yeah, they look really good this weekend. I mean, outside of the disaster that was Saturday. Yeah, we're not going to talk about Saturday. Saturday never happened. No, no, that was, I mean, and then that was one of those starts, you know, Alfredo Simon was going to have one of those eventually. I mean, every pitcher has them. Every pitcher yeah. has days like that. And having it against that offense is not that big of a disappointment. That's enough about that game, though. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and one more quick thing is, you know, with the, with the team that this team, that we're putting on the field right now offensively, if they get down 5-1, to one, the game's pretty much over. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Luckily, there hasn't been a lot of games like that. that not, with the, not with the way our pitching staff is thrown, that's for sure. And, and, no. and Friday night, Johnny Cueto was once again amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to watch him. Uh, you know, the things that he's doing right now are, are, you know, they're stratified air there. I mean, it's, it's a rarefied air, not strat, whatever. Um, you know, he's doing stuff that uh, is just not uh, really ever been seen in Cincinnati for sure. But, you know, in all of baseball, it's pretty rare. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's already thrown more innings this year than he did last year. Mm -hmm. You know, his, his strikeouts are up, his walks are down. I don't think his, his uh, BABIP can, can sustain at the level it is now. Nah, or, or or leaving ninety nine percent of the base runners that you allow to get on base, you know, stranding them. I, I'm not sure he can he can sustain that either. No, but uh, you know, I, he his blow up games I don't think are going to look like Saturday. His it's what's right. going to be shocking to us is he's going to give up four runs in six innings or something like that, and we're going to be like, oh, what a lousy start. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when um, when we remember back to the the Jimmy Anderson and and, and Jimmy and the Haynes days when yes when those were those were quality starts for this team. Yeah, um, but I I mean he's like you said he's not going to maintain the ninety nine percent strand rate, but I mean one thing about that is he's not allowing a lot of base runners in the first place, so that's partly why that strand rate is is so uh, out of whack. Yeah, and, and why his home runs aren't hurting too badly. Yeah, exactly. I mean he's given up uh, what seven home runs now. Um, and uh, all but two of his runs have been given up on home runs this year, I believe. All but yeah. two or three, uh, so. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's not really my job to know the stats, so you know. What you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been watching Reds baseball for a long time since the you know late '60s, and I've never seen a Reds pitcher on a roll like this. No, I mean, it, it, when you really look at it, when you look at the history, um, it's probably. You know, mid-60s Jim Maloney is about the closest we've got in recent yeah. history. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I'm i guessing that sometime during 67, Gary Nolan had a similar streak because his numbers were so impressive that year. Um, 
you know, but it's it is it's very rarefied air that he's in right now in, in terms of Red's history, uh, what he's doing just across the board, uh, and I hope it keeps going because it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it, it really is because because when he's on, he's just he can put the ball wherever he wants it at whatever speed he seems to want it. Yeah, and, you know, and, I think and, his last pitch the other night was ninety seven mm-hmm. when they took him out. Yeah, and and Chris Welsh talks about this a lot where he talks about how he works. He, he works at a light, you know, 90, 91, and he's gotten really good at working at those speeds. But when he needs to pop it up there to 95 or 96, he's got that in the tank, and it and it comes naturally to him. So it's not like he has to overthrow to get it to that. So I think that that is a significant growth step for him. And I think it's one of the things that makes him able to be a much more dominant pitcher because he's able to uh, work at a more comfortable speed, keep things under control, keep the game under control. But when he needs to step up, when there's somebody on base and he needs to dominate a little harder, he can. Yeah, it's, it's the old bow your back syndrome, you know? Yep. Uh, yeah, but with him, we don't like to say that. Because, no, we do you know, not. Injuries. <laughs> do, 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 do you see any difference in, in, in his motion at all this year? I, I, he's not he's not rotating as much around. Um, you know, he's still got a little bit of a twist, but I don't think he's twisting back as far. Um, but not, that's I mean I'm not a I'm not a mechanic, so I'm not you yeah. know. He's not going into Louis Tion position. Right, right. He's still got a little bit, which I mean I think and I think he needs that. I think he needs that little bit of a twist because it keeps him then from flying way off. And that's when he when he starts to lose it when he starts to get a little sloppy. It's because he's fallen off. He falls off a little harder to first base than he normally does. It loses a little bit of control. Yeah, that, that's when Brantley's talk, talking about him flying open, isn't it? Yes, yes, definitely. And that's and that's really what he means is that he's he's kind of getting that front shoulder is flying too far too quickly, and and which kind of leads his whole body towards the first base side. I, I mean, it's you know it's funny to think about because it, it doesn't look a lot different, but you know at this level, at the level between being just a, a really good pitcher versus being one of the best in the league, it's those subtle little differences that are going to cause the uh, the difference in that kind of a game. Yeah, he um, and, and, and it's funny because Chad and I joke about this all the time, and we can both remember uh, listening to Marty saying, "This kid's never going to make it in this league." Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, it, and it goes to show that you you never know um, if the talent is there. You just really never know what's going to cause things to click. And you know, for uh, for Johnny, I think, and for Homer Bailey too, I think it was Brian Price just had a way to communicate to these guys to get them to that next level where they needed to be. Yeah, and, it, and it's sure looking like it's going to make the decision on who to offer the next big contract a little more interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's one of those decisions that you wish you could have known was coming. Uh, you know, I mean, they knew that they were going to have to make a decision about Johnny Cueto, but you, you just didn't know what you were going to get from him after last season, whether he's going to be healthy. And he still, he still has that risk of losing some health. Uh, you know, if he misses a few games here or there, then, you know, things will get shaky again. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't happen. But if he pitches like this for an entire season, he's going to get quite pricey. Yeah, and and with Leto struggling with injuries, you know the 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 the, the, the it's, it's balancing out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but they, you know, they kind of already set the bar with Homer Bailey. And and no offense to Homer Bailey, but out of the three of those pitchers, he's he's number three. And that and that's not an insult. No, uh, no he's the other two guys are are very much ace quality. Um, I had thought that uh, Matt Latos would be a Cy Young contender this year. It's less likely now that he's not going to, you know, he's going to probably miss a full two months, if not more than that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Homer Bailey, b- being number three on that list is not a big deal, but, or it's not an insult, but 
uh, already having given him that six-year deal with our $100 million, is going to set the price on the other two guys uh, pretty high. It's going to be pretty hard. I'd be interested to see if they can find a way to afford all three. Yeah, I think it's going to be real difficult for this team to be able to do it. I mean, I, you know, we can talk about the hamstrings of the, of the Phillips contract, you know, which is going to, you know, keep them from signing one of these guys, I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just so hard to say. I don't, I've stopped pretending I understand where their money comes from and how much money they have. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, because, I mean, every time that, that one of us says, you know, Chad, you, my, me, whoever, you know, whoever we're talking about says, well, I don't see any way, there's no way they can afford this guy. They come up with the money. Yep. And then people gnash teeth about how they can't afford that. So, yeah. You know, or, 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 you know, the, the, the expectations goes up at the same level that the, that the uh, contract does. Yes, yeah. Which, which I mean, leads us to Homer Bailey. <laughs> exactly. And baseball is a weird game. And, you know, you don't – and maybe they do it in other sports, I, and I just don't see it as much. But it, it seems like in baseball, more than any other sport, they focus on how much a guy makes and then judge him based upon that contract. Maybe it's true in other sports, and I just don't pay attention to the other sports as closely. But, uh, you know, Homer Bailey is, is in Cincinnati, along with Joey Votto, those are the two guys that um, they get that – Every time they, they're out on the field, somebody is thinking about the money that they make, and that somebody is not uh, Homer Bailey or Homer Bailey's agent. It's somebody in the stands, you know? Yeah, I, and it's funny. I, I've never thought of it that way, and I'm, I'm a pretty big NFL fan. And you don't hear the talk, you know, oh, Andy Dalton makes blah, 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 or, or whoever, you know, whoever, you know, right. Peyton Manning makes blah, blah, blah. He ought to be doing blah, blah, blah. You don't hear that in the NFL, and I never thought of it, but, you, boy, you hear it. At least, and I would assume everywhere, but here you always hear it about about the guys making the big money. Yeah, and I bet it's it's probably a little more true of the the smaller markets. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, the you probably hear it a little more, a little more. You know, like here or uh, even in like St. Louis. I know Matt Holiday gets a lot of grief for his contract, uh, even though Matt Holiday has been an outstanding hitter for pretty much his whole lifespan there in St. Louis, and yet there are a lot of people who do not believe that Matt Holliday has lived up to his contract. So uh, I think there's always going to be that expectation among fans. Uh, There's going to be a certain set of fans who are never going to believe that a player lived up to that money, which is a little bit understandable from a a fan's perspective of somebody who doesn't make any or has no possibility of ever making near that amount of money. There's going to be some jealousy there that's natural anyway. Yeah, well, one of these guys is making as much for a game as a lot of the fans make for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of room for criticism from the fans' point of view, right? And it's just uh, from my perspective, I try to just remember that uh, it's a different world, um, and and you know, the reason they make that money is because there's that money to be made. You yeah, know, yeah, I liken it to the entertainment dollar. You mm-hmm. know, like like actors. You know, they make so much for a movie because that's how much the movie's going to make. Right, and yeah. and you don't hear somebody being like. Well, Adam Sandler makes twenty million dollars a movie. You know that's he's lousy. Well, you know you might think he's lousy, but people don't complain about what he makes. They just don't go see the movie. Right. So Homer had a pretty good game uh, yesterday. Yeah, he did. He looked great. Yeah, he really did against a team that they swing. Those Rockies are swinging the bat pretty well. Yeah, yeah. They the thing about them is they swing the ball. They swing hard. It makes me think of, you know, I, I helped coach my son's Little League team, and one of the things we're always telling them now, which is not something that I would want to teach older kids, but, you know, younger kids, you just want them to go up and be aggressive and swing hard because if they're going to swing, the only way they're going to put the ball in play solid is swinging hard. And those Rockies, they go up swinging hard, man. Tori Fulowitzki swings hard. And he's a big man. 
He is. He <laughs> is. And Homer handled him so well yesterday. It was those are probably the most impressive at bats in the in the entire game. When he just shut down Tulowitzki, he struck him out twice. That was nice. Yeah, and, and Homer said two of his last three games have been pretty good g- games against pretty good ball clubs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, Definitely. And, and the one before that, and, and he didn't pitch badly against Boston. He, you know, he couldn't find. He had trouble finding the plate a little bit. Yeah. But you know, we're we're I would assume you know he's going to get about thirty starts. So Homer's about a quarter of the way through his season at this point, and I'm still not sure what we know. Yeah. It, it, um. I think this is typical Homer, and I uh, there are people who are major Homer supporters, and I'm 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 a little I'm not you know I'm not uh, at the same level as Steve Mancuso and and Nick Kirby these guys who are are gung ho uh, Homer supporters, which is fine. Uh, I'm not not knocking on them for it. I'm a little more reserved on Homer. Um, I'm I feel like this is kind of what I expected. I expected a streak of of you know questionable outings, and then. I think he's probably about to move into a streak of maybe, you know, eight or ten straight outings where he's just going to look outstanding. And then, you know, it'll be up and down from there. He's not going to be to the extremes that maybe uh, Bronson Arroyo would, but I think Homer's just one of those guys that has a little bit of trouble finding his rhythm, but once he finds it, he's deadly. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and his, his BABIP right now is, is extraordinarily high. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so you assume, you know, I assume like hitters, you know, hitters you expect to come up when it's really low, and I expect pitchers is going to come down. So, you know, he, I think he's going to pitch with probably going to pitch with a little bit better luck too. Yeah, and he's he's keeping the ball in the park a little bit better over the last few starts, which is was a big problem for him early on, um, and I, especially that that game against Pittsburgh where he gave up four home runs, but he's only given up one home run over his last three starts. Uh, so that's good. He's got a good defense behind him. You know, that's one thing that's about this pitching staff um, that is fairly consistent, regardless of who's out there uh, offensively. Now, they never don't always get good offensive help, but they usually almost always got good, solid defense behind them, which really makes it a lot easier to be a good pitcher in this league. Yeah, and, and it, it, they're a real good defensive team, you know, and you can question right now whether, you know, that some of the defense they're having to put out there at times, at least in the outfield. Uh, with the injuries, but it, I, I was talking to my wife over the weekend as we were watching the ball game, and I went, as I watched the Reds and they play really good defense, I hearken back to the big red machine, who at one point went a solid month without making an error. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's and that's how this team is, too. They'll, yeah. go, you know, they'll go a good 12, 15 games without making an error, and you won't really even notice it because it's so smooth and comfortable you know, for yeah. these guys. The uh, the other guy there, there was another guy that played yesterday and he came in late in the ball game. I can't remember his name. He pitched in the ninth inning. Um, oh, um, yeah, that, that he, Chapman, Chapman, something like that. He's a he's a skinny guy. Yeah, and he throws yeah. really fast. Yeah, but he walked that first batter. You know that you can't lead, walk the leadoff hitter. <laughs> you can't walk the leadoff hitter. You know that. But you know he walked more, the leadoff hitter on a terrible call. More rallies get started when you walk the leadoff hitter than anything is what uh, a lot of analysts will tell you. Yes, they will. That sure didn't seem to happen yesterday, no. though. <laughs> he, and, and I didn't see it, but I read somewhere that, that Tucker Barnhart was pumping the crowd up as, as, as Chapman was coming in from the bullpen. And I, and I oh. heard there's video, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that either. I, this is the first I'm hearing of that. I'm interested to see that. Yeah, me too. And, and you know, Tucker's one of our favorites here. You know, he comes on periodically, and he's such a great kid. Uh huh. And, and he had a nice throw yesterday. Yeah, and, and he's very impressive behind the plate. He's quick. He's quick off the. You know, his feet are quick. He gets that ball out of his hand quick. And he's a little guy. 
Yes. You know, I think he's like 5'8", 165, 170, something like that. Yeah, you can just put him in your little pocket, take him to the game with you. Yeah, I, put, I, I carry him in my shirt pocket when we're hanging out. <laughs> Uh, and Chris and Tom were, were really raving about his defense yesterday. And, and he seems like he's, he's fitting in. You know, he doesn't seem like he's awed by, by being up here earlier than I think anybody anticipated him having to play in the big leagues. Yeah, you know, he had a, an interesting quote uh, when he came up the second time where he talked about the first time he had been up, everything was so fast and he was, he was overwhelmed by the experience. And he said going back down really helped him get focused again and when he came back up he felt like he belonged here this time uh and he was much more comfortable coming back up this time than he had been the first time he came up so i think that's good that's you know that's a good attitude to have and um you know it only help him in the future yeah i mean i hope i hope you know when when devin comes back that he goes down and has a great year at triple a and, and that we don't see him again this year maybe till september if, if then yeah um you know because i think that would be the best thing for tucker and for the Reds. and i think um you know, based on what I've heard from Tucker, I think he probably would agree with that sentiment. Not that he doesn't like, and I'm sure he'd love to stay in the majors, but I think he'd be even happier if uh, Devin came up and was hitting in the middle of the lineup and driving in runs, and and uh, Tucker was down in AAA just getting ready to come up and for the playoff run in September. Yeah. Uh, do you do you believe in, in, in emotional impacts in, in the clubhouse? Uh, yeah, I mean, anywhere you've ever worked. Uh, there's certainly a a value to having people that you like being around. Um, now, how that translates on the field is very hard to say, and I and I would hate to be one that would try to quantify that. Uh, I'm not going to deny that you know what is going on in the clubhouse matters affects what's going on on the field. Um, I just would hate what I what I dislike is the uh, the attempt to manipulate that if you know what I mean. So the attempt to bring in the kind of guy that is going to oh. change that. Oh, yeah, uh, he's, he's a great clubhouse guy. We need him. Exactly, especially yeah. if that guy provides little or no other skill. You know, when Scott Rowland came over here, he was still a serviceable player. So bringing him over here, he played, you know, he played decent for, a, you know, a year there um, at third base, and I think he did a lot to bring maturity to, the, to a clubhouse that needed some maturity. So, uh, you know, that kind of a move I'm fine with. I, what, what concerns me is, uh, or what I dislike, is the uh, we need to have this kind of guy in here even though this guy doesn't really fit into the team in terms of what we need offensively or defensively or whatever. Yeah, and, and they seem to do that with Johnny Gomes and, again, this year with Skip Schumacher. Right. Um, you know, Schumacher does, at least he has one serviceable skill, yep. which he gets on base pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that may be his only major skill, but uh, I'll, I'll accept that from a bench guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I, – we joke about Skip because, uh, you know, he he's the kind of guy that announcers like to rave about because he's so gritty and yeah. tough. Yeah. And yeah. Chris was doing that over the weekend. Right. And <laughs> and that's, you know, that's fine. Um you know, he may he may have the kind of personality that people gravitate to, and he may be the right kind of guy they need in the clubhouse. And I, like I said, he does have that skill. Now, you know, if he was hitting like Naftali Soto, I don't really care what kind of personality you have. You're still going to be hurting the team, right? That's right. You know, and a couple of the art, a couple of the writers in the paper today, I think it was Doherty and maybe somebody else talked about that the the Chapmans coming back onto the team might have a, an uplifting effect or, or give the team more energy or something like that. Do you buy that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I buy it for two reasons. I buy it for one because it's a good story. It's a good way to make guys feel good about themselves. Everybody seems to really like Chapman in that clubhouse. 
you know, he's not, you know, despite all of his quirkiness and all the some of the problems that he's had off the field, uh, they really uh, the main guys, you know, Votto and Phillips and Bruce and those guys really seem to have some sort of connection with Chapman to the point that they appreciate who he is. Uh, so yeah, it's, having a friend come back to the clubhouse can only be a good thing. But then I also think uh, they're all very impressed by what he does in that bullpen, and you know they know that when he comes in, there's a you know an 85, 90 percent chance that whatever is happening on the field is going to stop, and he's going to finish the game. You know, so um, yeah, I think that uh, there is some emotional value to him coming back. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know. I I think that you know part of what you're saying is me tells me that they're buying into the to the closer mentality. You know that and maybe the players buy into that more than we do. You know because we we tend to believe that you know you really don't have to be anything really special to close. No, uh, well, a lot of people. There's, okay. there's there's a little. I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I will say this: Chapman is special. So so. Oh yeah. Uh, I know. So I, I'm just saying. So to differentiate between the you don't need to be special to close is different than saying now we have one of the three best relievers in baseball coming back to our bullpen. So yeah. which also may allow Price to start realigning the bullpen to where he where where he expected it to be when the season started. Yeah, I mean, if you get yourself into a situation where you don't feel like you have to use Logan Andrusik in the eighth inning, that's a better situation to be in. Yeah. You know, so, and and that's not, I mean, Logan Andrusik is a better than I'll ever be at pitching. It's just that, you know, he's the kind of guy that uh, I think is a little more suited for uh, games that aren't tight. Playing uh, like Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it doesn't have to be a blowout, but, you know, if it's a three-run lead in the seventh inning, I'm okay with Logan Andrusa right. coming in to protect it because if he starts to get in trouble, you have time to get him out of there. If he's pitching in the eighth inning of a one-run game and he starts to get in trouble, it may be too late. And so that's, you know, that's the the differentiator there. For me, it's not so much that one guy can handle the pressure and the other, which I think there may be something to that. I don't necessarily believe in clutch, but I do believe in choking. And I think there are some guys that they get themselves a little worked up in those situations and they can't handle it. Um, I, uh, but from a, from a managerial perspective, I think you have to have the ability to bring in somebody that isn't going to, you know, things don't get away from them so quickly that you don't have time to replace them. And, you know, you you can't bring in Logan Andrusik in the eighth inning and then have Sam LeCure warming up just in case. The whole idea of bringing Logan Andrusik in is so that Sam LeCure can have a night off, you know? Yeah, and, and while we're talking about the bullpen, let, let's talk about J.J. Hoover for a second. <laughs> I, I'm a J.J. Hoover fan. Right. But. <laughs> There's always a but. At some point, I mean, they've got to do something to straight get this kid straightened out. I mean, uh, and I don't know what the answer is. Uh, yeah. the, 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 and I think I said this in one of the posts on the, on the blog the other day, is he would, to me, be the guy that you send down to Louisville because I think if you get him straightened out, he comes back up and is a, can be a, a, a huge difference from what you're getting now. Yeah, and I was a little surprised that they brought Curtis Parch in and then didn't use him. Did he even pitch the whole time? I don't he think he a, pitched while he was here. Was, was yeah. he a week or whatever? Yeah, and uh, I mean, Parch has been... He's been solid this year. He, you know, he had a little control issue, but it's not like he's been a disaster on the mound. And so I was a little surprised that they brought him up for those few days when they had eight eight guys in the bullpen and then hardly ever needed to use a reliever. Um, 
and then uh, and then they didn't use him. And then you know they kept they keep running Hoover out there, and Hoover was starting to look good. In fact, I do recall saying on the podcast last week that I thought that Hoover was uh, ready for um, a good stretch. I guess I was wrong about that, but uh, I'm surprised that they didn't take that opportunity to send Hoover down and just say, you know what, go down, work on your stuff, get yourself back in a good mindset, and uh, you know we'll leave Parch up here just to kind of fill those innings. Yeah, I, I, I kind of was too, and and I, I like I said, I'm a big Hoover fan, and but at this point, you, he, you just cringe when they bring him in because, I mean, he's, he had two or three good ball games in a row, but before that and after that, he had like two or three really, really, really bad ones. Yeah, when it goes bad for him, it seems to really go bad. Yeah, and, and you know, he can't find the plate, and then when he does find the plate, the bat finds the ball. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, what? so, I mean, it's he he... I think he needs some confidence work more than anything. Mm-hmm. But the team does seem to be starting to get healthy, knock on wood. That's mm-hmm. wood I'm knocking on there. Uh, we got Chapman back. We got Hamilton back. And it does seem like the team may have played that correctly, you know. And, and I know we were all second-guessing. Yeah. You know, them You know, using him for pinch running and batting and, 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 and you know, p- keep having to push that date back if they'd had to put him on the DL. So, even though they played short for what five or six games, mm-hmm. it, it seems like maybe they did handle it right. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I still have questions about uh, how he was used in Boston, but besides that, um, I'm not I'm not too upset. I think uh, he's looked good. He's looked good in his at bats, though. So uh, you know that's a good thing. Well, and, 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 and I was more talking about rather than the way they use him. I'm ta- I was talking about the fact that they didn't put him on the DL. Right. And they use him for pinch running, and, and I know the bunning thing, and you know, but I, you know, I'm one of those guys that has complained for years about the Reds playing short, you know, and a guy sitting there, and then they use him for a one pinch hit at bat, and he's still out another two weeks, and they can't push it back, and right, and now, it, it seems to be a, a habitual problem with this franchise. Yeah, and I, I get what you're saying, and I mean, I agree, I agree that uh, they they probably didn't need to put him on the DL. I was. You know, I was just more referring to the fact that I don't know that I would have used him as a DH in a situation where he couldn't do anything but bunt. Bunt, yeah. Uh, and, and he's got his own base percentage up to two ninety nine. Yeah, and in fact, he's up. He's up. I think I was up to three thirty since he finished his zero for twelve stretch to start the season. Now, obviously, you don't want to just cancel that out, but right. um, he clearly was putting a lot of pressure on himself in those first couple of games to uh, to get his stuff going. And so I think that once he kind of got a little more comfortable with the league and, and out, you know, doing what he needs to do, he's really um, he's hitting the ball well. Uh, he's got a 750 OPS since that point, so that's great. Where do you think his on-base percentage has to be for him to be productive? I, I think he needs to be around league average. Um, you know, so around 320 okay. uh, is probably – a good, I, you know, I've never sat down and run the numbers or whatever, and I, I know some people have said that he could even probably be down to 300 and still be valuable. Uh, I, I can see that, if only because he's probably going to score more often than the average player does for when they get yeah. on. Um, but I think in order to be the kind of guy that makes the offense churn, I think he really needs to be up there around 320 at least. Maybe even 330 would be awesome. It, has he done anything defensively that did you you know made your jaw drop yet? Well, when he made that catch where he where he, oh, he sprained his, his knuckles, yeah, that was an incredible catch. Yeah, yeah. I, he, yeah. he's I think he's one of those players. And Drew Stubbs was a little bit like this, although Stubbs had some uh, 
he was a little shy of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, those kind of guys, I, I think you're not going to see those dazzling plays quite as much because their speed is so good that they get to balls. Yeah. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, you, you won't see, I don't think you'll see as many diving plays from him as you would from, uh, you know, somebody who has to, uh, make up for their, you like know, make up for, yeah, like Heisey. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think you will see some balls that are just where you're like, well, there's no way he's going to get to that. And then he runs it down and like, wow. Kind of like McCutcheon stuff. does in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, or Carlos Gomez does that yeah, a lot too. I, you know, the, the most frustrating thing with him, and not just the, the taking away home runs, but the most frustrating thing with Gomez is when that ball, if the ball ever has any loft going out to center field, he's basically under it every time he gets, you know, he gets out there because he's got so much speed. Yeah, and we've got Devin Mesoraco heading out for rehab games this week, and it sounds like he's going to be back pretty quick. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's that's awesome news. Do do you foresee? Let's make some assumptions here. Let's assume he comes back and is playing as well as he did before he he hurt the hamstring. Do you see them moving him up in the lineup anytime soon? Um, Yeah, I think they will, especially with uh, Jay Bruce out. I think um, I I could see him batting fifth. I could see them reorganizing the lineup again, uh, perhaps uh, even moving Votto back to third and Phillips up to second, and, uh, you know, batting Frazier, Mazzarocco, uh, Ludwig, or or even you know, at the very least, putting Mesoraco sixth instead of seventh. Yeah, I, I just uh, the Joe, and I know we don't, we're not, I don't want to get into lineups, and you, you know, but yeah, the the Frazier not or the Votto not hitting in the first inning just makes me crazy. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit frustrating, especially because ever since I mean, and and studies have shown this, and I know that uh, you know, blah blah blah, studies don't always prove everything, but studies have shown that the the four hole hitter actually. Um, does not get as many at bats with runners on. I know. Wait, that's the three hole hitter doesn't get as many at bats with runners on base as the the four hole hitter usually does. Um, but Joey, I mean, he's had three at bats with runners on base uh, out of his eleven since he moved into the the four spot. So it's um, it's a weird situation. He just the the problem is is that there's never going to be any real big uh, on base guys batting in front of Joey because he, we just don't have a lot of them on this team. No, we don't. So I mean he's he's the primary guy and then you know it's really Bruce and and Frazier somewhat this year uh, are the next guys and those guys are definitely going to be batting behind Joey because they're going to be the kind of guys that you expect to drive Joey in. Yep. And so continuing down our our, uh, our healthy getting healthy we got Matt Latos supposedly threw a really good bullpen over the weekend. Um. The Matt Late, the Nick Massett honorary award winner. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm not really willing to go any further than that. <laughs> he, he, I, he, even his wife, I think, on Twitter said something like "Take two or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I really want him to come back because I don't. I think Simon's going to start wearing down here some, uh, or maybe not wearing down, but just naturally regressing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd real and you know. That's the bi- another big thing that could happen with Latos coming back and Simon going to the bullpen. The bullpen becomes that much better again. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and, and again, you know, Price starts to align the bullpen the way he expected to have it when going into the season. Yep. And you know, at some point, we're going to get Jay Bruce back. What are we two weeks in now to to the the, the three to four week or whatever the the early prediction was? 
Yeah, yeah, it was early in the week, wasn't it, when he went out? So, yeah, yeah it, it would probably be two weeks now. So, so I, you know, but I'll be happy if Jay's back by the All-Star break. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, and that's a, a, a level-headed way to look at it. You know, well, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, anytime the Reds medical staff says a guy's out X number of time, I, do, I make it 2X. Yeah, well... <laughs> Medicine isn't easy. I'll give them. I'll give them that much. Well, that's why they call it the practice of medicine. Yep. Yep. Todd Frazier's playing pretty well right now. Absolutely. How can you not like Todd Frazier right now? I mean, I was going to say overall, but he did have some bad parts last year. Um, absolutely, he's he's destroying the ball right now, and I think that's great. He's fun to watch when he's hitting. When he's not hitting, he's kind of ugly to watch. He's painful it? to watch. Yeah. He is. He is. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's. You know, what has he got, about a 850 OPS now? Pretty so close. that's pretty nice, yeah. I, I watched him from, I watched him in Dayton. You know, I, I see a fair amount of minor league ball. Well, not not as much anymore, but I used to, I, I saw Jay Bruce playing in the, in the rookie league in the Gulf Coast League down in Florida. And I had Dragons tickets when Todd was there. And and not only did he play real well there, but the, boy, did they, the, the, the people in, in the franchise raved about his leadership skills. Uh, yeah. And, and it, yeah, you still hear about that too. You hear about you know guys in the clubhouse who, who could potentially be you know team leaders, and his name comes up a lot. He uh, he's having a pretty good May. I mean, he's got you know one point six WAR and already this year, and, and in May he's he's got four doubles and three home runs and a one oh four five OPS in May, and so that's not bad. Right. That's that's. I'll take that for the whole month if he yeah. wants to. Yeah. <laughs> his uh. He's, he's dropped his strikeout rate, and, and and actually that's gone down every year, which is which is a, a good even is a good thing to see. But do, do you put a lot of faith in the fact that he's raised his isolated power numbers? Um, I think that's going to be one of those things that fluctuates for him. So you know it may be high right now, but he's he's going to have a slump. His swing kind of lends naturally to having some slumps. Yeah. Um, so he, he's going to go through, hopefully he won't go for, through an 0 for 31 like he did last year. Hopefully it'll be a more limited term slump than that. Um, but he it'll come down. Things will start to even out a little bit there. He may go a stretch where he can only hit singles. So that'll start to you know fall down a little bit too. So um, I, don't buy, I don't buy anything in terms of uh, strong increases in this short period of time as something that I would bet on lasting at that level he may you know because he's already got a head start on it it may be end up being higher this year than it was last year but i don't know that i necessarily would say that what he's put up so far is what we should expect for the rest of the season yeah he, he hit one the other night was in the neighborhood of the pickup truck it, yeah <laughs> yeah that that was that was one of those um whenever they go out to center field so where i get to sit i get to sit right uh, i'm basically sitting right behind home plate right next to tom and whenever a ball goes out to center field, I can never judge the distance on it until it hits something. And so when that one hit the up the top of the uh, the boat, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, it was very impressive. Yeah, Joey hit one up there a few years ago that went into the restroom up there. Yes. Well, and Joey's walk off that was at the that was the same night. Joey's walk off yep. went into the Camwell well, which he's done twice now, and he's the only player I've ever seen do that. Uh, the ball went into the camera well where the the center field cameras are, which is a very hard thing to do, and he's done it twice. And, and before we get off of Todd Frazier here, we also got to talk about what, what, how good a defensive player he has continued to be. Yeah, you know, uh, 
uh, Scott Rowland, who, right? Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't be more impressed with than I than I am with Todd Frazier. And on top, of it, he just seems. And I don't. I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. Uh, we were friends with. I was friends with a guy that came up through the minor leagues with him. And I've never heard anybody say a bad word about the kid. He handles himself very well with the media. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to ge- generally enjoy what he does for a living. And and I just I re- I'm a I'm a fan. Yeah, he's a, he's easy to root for. I think. You know, I, even when the when even when he's down and slumping, he's not the kind of guy that starts lashing out at anybody. At least he doesn't seem to be. Yeah, um, like you said, those are the kind of guys you you like to have on your ball club. Um, and I hope Todd's here for a long time. And he's another one. He's a great story, you know, from the, the Falls River, you know, the Little League World Series, and and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he's got a very pretty wife. Absolutely. I only say that because every once in a while she retweets stuff that I tweet. So. <laughs> well, that's never a bad thing either. We all do that, Joel. Wow. I appreciate it. So, anything else that we need to talk about this evening? Oh, uh, no. Mike Leake's pitching tomorrow night, uh, which would be tonight for a lot of people, I suppose, yep. and yesterday for some people. Yeah, depending and, on when this thing... When a Chad, week ago for other people. Yeah, when Chad gets to this. Yeah. Um... You know, so he's looked pretty good so far. Um, uh, he's he's gone into the seventh every start this year, which is the longest stretch he's ever had in his career. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and you know, for a whether you what do you, now like right now, I guess he's the number three starter on this team. But you know, for a for a four or five guy, you know, which is what he was, you know, expecting to be on this team. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, you know, and. Um, you can't be upset with the kind of effort that he gives you. Uh, he's a lot like uh, Bronson Arroyo, yep. uh, although you know Arroyo had figured some things out that I think Leak is still working on a little bit. But um, you know he goes out, he battles, he gives you. You know I hate to use all these cliches, but it really kind of does apply to somebody like Leak. I'm not out there. I'm not saying that he's an ace. He's not a you know like he's not a number three really. He really is a four or five on this staff. But uh, on a lot of teams, he would be, you know, he would be a three. I, I like to think um, you look at the kind of accolades that Travis Wood gets in Chicago because he's one of Chicago's, you know, two good pitchers, really. Mm-hmm. Mike Leak would, you know, is as good as Travis Wood. Um, you know, he just happens to pitch on a team where there are at least three, if not four, better pitchers. Would you, would you have kept Wood or, or Leak if you had given, been given the choice at the time? Uh, at the time, I would have kept Leak because I I was concerned that Travis Wood was having some issues, right. uh, and I think the Reds were too. And it's one of those risks. Now I don't know that I would have traded Travis Wood for a reliever, but uh, if I had to choose between giving one or the two up, I would have traded Wood. Well, it's and it's funny we talk about you know you talk about Marshall and, and Chad and I are both big Marshall fans, and we seem to have a lot more confidence in his abilities than the Reds do. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> It's weird, you know. There, when you watch games where um, it seems like a lesser pitcher is giving the game away, and Marshall's just sitting down there in the bullpen. Now, maybe, you know, maybe they're still a little concerned about Marshall's health, and they don't want to push him too much and throw him too too frequently, uh, which can be understandable. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I don't get it. I I feel like there is a a a segment of people who, not just within the Reds, but you know, outside, who just don't see what I. I and you and, and Chad apparently see um, in Sean Marshall, who I think is you know one of the best left-handed relievers in baseball. Well, and, and at least that you know he sure had those kinds of numbers when he came to the Reds. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, they didn't use him in the manner that you would have expected them to use him for the money they're paying him. Right. And and I just I you know whether it's a, a you know confidence of Brian Price, you know we we assumed in the past that it was a Dusty Baker thing, but it may not have been a Dusty Baker thing. It may have been a Brian Price thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, this year uh, the I health still, issue makes you want you, yeah, you can't make you can't draw any conclusions. Yeah, it's you know if he if he's with the team all the way until you know without having any health issues and come July and he's still kind of being used in this sporadic role. Uh, then I'd start to question that, but yeah, I, I mean, it's um, it, it, it seems to me, and, and you hear a lot, of, like uh, you know, the announcers will talk a lot about, well, you got a lefty coming up, so they're going to go to Marshall, and and I think, well, you know, for me, Marshall's the kind of guy you start the eighth inning with. He's an eighth inning reliever. Uh, you know, if you're not going to use him to close, he's an eighth inning reliever. He's a good reliever that it doesn't matter who's coming up, he's got a pretty good chance to get him out. Yeah, and he can get you know both sides, but right. take care of guys on both sides of the plate. Yep. So we got leaked tomorrow night against the is San Diego, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, there's a good chance. I, I mean, this is a team that they should be able to take at least two out of three. Is it a three? It's a three game. Right? Yeah, it's a three game. It's uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Thursday afternoon. And then they go on the road for a sustained period. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, it's not just that. They go on the road, and then I, they only come back for a three-game series, I think, towards the end of May. Uh, they take on the Cardinals for three. So they, they go to Philly and Washington, come back and play the Cardinals for three, and then they go out west for seven versus Los Angeles and Arizona. So they'll be on the road 13 of their next 16 after the San Diego series. So that'll be, that'll be a tough challenge, especially since they're only coming home to play St. Louis, and then they're going back on the road. Uh, to take on the Dodgers, and we all know how the West Coast goes for these guys. Yeah, and, and you know, we keep saying, well, if they can just get the here and be hanging in there, but the he, the here keeps moving. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> you start realizing that there are a lot of good teams in baseball. Yeah, there really are. I mean, you know, I you know, I had said, well, if we can get into the second week of May and be hanging in there, we'll be all right. Now, you know, they're going on the road, this tough road trip, and, and things aren't going to get any easier for them. Yeah, and, they really do need to take two or three from San Diego and two or three from Philadelphia. Uh, if they can get, you know, that's winning four of the next six, which would put them at what, you know, twenty-one and twenty-one. So if they're five hundred going into Washington, hopefully they have a little bit of momentum. They will have Devin Mesoraco back supposedly by then. So um, yeah, and then you know, come back. You got a big series against St. Louis, and uh, you close out May in Los Angeles and Arizona. So yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, and they're. You know they're hanging in there. You know the Milwaukee. The, my concern was I was afraid Milwaukee was just going to run off and hide. Yeah. And, and you know Milwaukee has kind of moved back towards the pack a little bit. Um, you know, and and that's what they got to do is uh, you know they seem to have to you have to hope that they hang in to the point where they get healthy and just can put all put it all together. Yeah, they're going to need a good two week run where they win you know ten of ten of twelve or ten of thirteen. Yeah. Um, if they're really going to try to make a move on this so they can't so they can jump uh, over some teams right because I, I mean Milwaukee I think is you know Milwaukee's going to have a stretch here I, I think where they're going to get scared you know where I'm not not necessarily scared is why they're playing uh, bad but they're going to play bad which is going to cause their fans to get scared about I don't know it's falling apart I just you know they, they seem like that kind of team they may they may end up with 90 wins I just don't think they're going to be the kind of you know going to win 97 games and run away with the division. I think that they're going to start playing back to the pack here a little bit. And yep. Hopefully the Reds are ready to make a move then and and push their way back into the race a little more. And the Cardinals continue to struggle a little bit. 
Because, yeah. because like it or not, that's a team that everybody's afraid of. Yeah, and with I mean they they certainly have the talent. I still think they're the most talented team in the division. Yep. Uh, but hopefully they just keep having their little issues of whatever it is that's causing them to struggle. And uh, you know regression, as they say, is not fun. So hopefully that keeps happening to them. Yes, it does. So let's uh, we'll go ahead and check out here, and uh, we hope you check out us at uh, redlegnationradio.com, where you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or RSS. And if every episode delivered directly, directly, you can tell I'm reading this, <laughs> just not very well, to your preferred device. You can also search for Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes, and, and please leave a review and a rating and tell your friends about us. We hope you'll listen every week. Uh, sometimes okay. it's, Ch- it's Chad and Joel, and sometimes it's Chad and me, and sometimes you even get Joel and me. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at, uh, at Bill Red Leg N, that's me, or at Joel Luckup. Or at Dotson C, and don't forget to follow at Red Lake Nation as well. Finally, check out RedLakeNation.com for Red's news and discussion every single day. Anything you'd like to say in closing, Joel? Go Reds. Who knows? <laughs> I know. Go Reds. Anyway, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you, Joel, and we'll talk to you all soon. Peace.